welcome to this month's Health Champion update. My name is Judith Poulton and I'm a community pharmacist and a Healthy Living Pharmacy Project Manager. This month's training is on addiction and drug misuse. Before we begin this podcast, please remember you and the team can watch the online training, download your certificate after completing your CPD questions and get access to useful resources by logging on to www.virtualoutcomes.co.uk. In today's training, we are going to look at what addiction actually is, the factors that increase the risk of becoming addicted, as well as what people get addicted to and why. We will also explore the signs to look out for, and finally, what you and your teams can do to support these people and what resources are available. Addiction is a complex disorder that may have many origins. Research suggests there's no one path to addiction and biological, social, economic and environmental factors all play a part. Every person's body and brain is different. Some love the feeling the first time they try it and want more. Others hate it and never try it again. Not everyone who uses drugs becomes addicted but it can happen to anyone and at any age. However, some things may increase a person's chance of addiction, including the following. Family history. Having one or more family members who either have a history of addiction or who are currently using. Socioeconomic situation. Growing up in a community that has a favourable or an indifferent attitude towards the use of drugs and alcohol causes people living in that area to be put at a higher risk of abuse. Gender. Being male increases the risk of addiction. Medical history. There are many physical and psychological medical conditions that makes people susceptible to developing drug or alcohol addiction. Struggles with depression, bipolar disorder and post-traumatic stress syndrome can all lead to substance abuse. Research has shown that for every £1 invested in drug treatment results in a £2.50 benefit to society. In 2015-16, there was over 200,000 people engaged in a treatment programme which saved the NHS over £1 billion. Our brains are wired to increase the odds that we will repeat pleasurable activities. Whenever the reward circuit is activated in our brains by a pleasurable experience, for example, eating delicious food or having sex, it produces chemicals that make us feel good. These chemicals are called neurotransmitters and they are basically the way our brain and body communicate with each other. The brain produces hundreds of neurotransmitters, but when it comes to addiction, the most important one is called dopamine. Substances like heroin, cocaine or other addictive drugs are the jackpot of the dopamine world. Not only do they produce more dopamine than other activities, but they make your brain think that reward is even better than you remembered. This means that you want to do more drugs to get that good feeling. Over time, drug use can also change other parts of the brain, meaning impulsive behaviour and emotional responses get stronger, while those used in decision-making get weaker. Those changes can also cause physical dependencies. For example, if you have ever tried to reduce your tea or coffee intake and had a headache, 
you have had a minor experience of what it is like to go through withdrawal. It is important to understand the meaning of the terms tolerance, dependence and addiction, as this will help you to understand the dangers of drug abuse. We will now look at each of these terms in turn, starting with tolerance. Tolerance happens when a person no longer responds to a drug in the way they did at first. It therefore takes a higher dose of the drug to achieve the same effect as when the person first used it. This can happen with drugs as well as alcohol. For example, if alcohol is used for a long time, larger and larger amounts will be required to get the same effect. Next, dependence. The words dependence and addiction are often used interchangeably, but there are important differences. In medical terms, dependence specifically refers to a physical condition in which the body has adapted to the presence of the drug. This means that when a person stops using a drug, their body goes through physical and mental withdrawal symptoms, ranging from mild, for example if the drug is caffeine, to life-threatening, if it's alcohol or opioids, such as heroin. Many people who take a prescription medicine every day over a long period of time can become dependent. But people who are dependent on a drug or medicine aren't necessarily addicted. A good example of this is the drug prednisolone, which is a synthetic form of a steroid hormone, cortisone, which is used to treat asthma, Crohn's disease and other inflammatory conditions. Prednisolone is not known to cause addiction. However, if a person takes this drug over several weeks and then stops, they are likely to suffer from withdrawal symptoms. Finally, addiction. According to the charity Action on Addiction, one in three people are addicted to something. Addiction is a condition in which a person engages in the use of a substance or in a behaviour for which the rewarding effects provide a compelling incentive to repeatedly pursue the behaviour, despite detrimental consequences. People can develop addiction to anything, from illicit drugs to alcohol, shopping to gambling, smoking to the internet. For example, a person with an addiction to alcohol may intend to stop for a quick beer on the way home from work, but they're still sitting in the pub at closing time. Over the next few slides, we're going to look at some of the over-the-counter medicines, prescription medicines and illicit substances that people get addicted to. We will start by looking at over-the-counter medication. Dextromethorphan, which is an ingredient for many cough and cold remedies, can produce psychoactive effects when taken in larger doses than recommended. Teenagers may use it for its mildly stimulating, euphoric or hallucinogenic properties. Caffeine, which is available in painkillers, cold preparations and energy tablets, and, of course, coffee and energy drinks, is a central nervous system stimulant. It is the most popular psychoactive drug consumed in the world, but has been shown to cause physical dependence and withdrawal symptoms on stopping. Laxatives may be abused by people with eating disorders, such as anorexia, as they use them to try and lose weight. However, laxatives don't remove calories, and can cause serious health consequences. Pseudoephedrine is the active ingredient in many cough and cold products and in products to relieve nasal congestion, allergies and sinus problems. There are limits on how much can be bought due to the illegal production of methamphetamine from pseudoephedrine tablets. 
People abused it in order to experience euphoria and a stimulant-like effect. Codeine-based medicines are central nervous system depressants that can produce euphoria, relaxation, apathy and drowsiness. As an opiate, codeine runs a high risk of its users developing tolerance and eventually dependence on it. And finally, sedative antihistamines are abused as people are most likely to start taking the products because they can't sleep and then find themselves unable to stop. Regular use can lead to higher and higher doses being taken as their tolerance increases. NHS data suggests that one in every 11 patients in England is being prescribed medication that can be addictive or difficult to come off. The lists include sedatives and benzodiazepines, Z-drugs, that is Zopoclone and Zimovane, painkillers including opioids, pregabalin and gabapentin. Finally, doctors, MPs and youth workers are beginning to sound the alarm over the issue and abuse of Xanax, which is the brand name for alprazolam, a benzodiazepine used to treat anxiety. It can only be attained on private prescriptions in the UK, but can be also brought from street dealers and legally online. Approximately 34% of adults aged 15 to 59 in the UK reported they had used an illicit substance at some point in their life, with use most common among young adults aged 16 to 24. The most frequently used illicit drug is cannabis, followed by powder cocaine, ecstasy and amphetamine and methamphetamine. Although its use in the general population is relatively uncommon, heroin is associated with causing substantial health and social harm to users, as well as the most harm to society, for example in the form of drug-related crime. Two-thirds of people in drug treatment in England cite heroin as the problematic substance. Short-term harm from illicit drugs can range from unpleasant side effects, such as vomiting and fainting, to more serious impacts, such as seizures, tissue and neural damage, or death. Repeated use can lead to chronic physical and psychological health effects, as well as dependence. People who inject illicit drugs are at particular risk of secondary health harms, such as acquiring HIV, hepatitis B and hepatitis C. Although many drugs can be injected, This occurs most commonly with heroin, methamphetamines and cocaine. The UK drugs market has seen diversification through the emergence of a variety of new psychoactive substances, shortened to NPS, commonly referred to as legal highs. The New Psychoactive Substance Act 2016 applies to any substance intended for human consumption that is capable of producing a psychoactive effect effectively a blanket ban on all legal highs. Before the new legislation, legal highs was a term used to describe substances that mimic the effect of illegal drugs such as cocaine, ecstasy and speed, but had been tweaked at a molecular level to evade previous anti-drug laws. As such, they did not fall under the Misuse of Drugs Act 1971 and could be sold openly on websites and high streets across the UK. Examples of NPSs include stimulants, which act like amphetamines or cocaine, downers or sedatives, for example, that act like benzodiazepines, hallucinogenics or psychedelics, for example, that act like LSD or magic mushrooms, and finally, synthetic cannabinoids, for example, spice or black mamba, that act similarly to cannabis. 
Please take a moment now to pause the video if you want to look at this slide in more detail. Drug abuse harms more than mental and physical health. People who have developed a dependence on drugs will typically become obsessed with the substance in question. They may then neglect other areas of responsibility, including work, children and relationships with a partner. Those affected by drug abuse may struggle to hold down a job and might be unable to provide for their family. This can lead to arguments and in extreme cases domestic violence. Drug abuse tends to bring about intense cravings, and unless the user has unlimited access to cash to fund their habit, there may be financial hardship for the family. In some cases, those affected by drug abuse and addiction will resort to crime in order to feed their habit. This can lead to fines or prison sentences. While drug abuse and addiction have harmful consequences for the individual, others are also affected. It has been estimated that five other people are affected for every one person's drug addiction. We will now look very briefly at the warning signs people may display if they are addicted to something. In the early stages, there may be very few signs. However, early clues include people experimenting, having a family history of addiction. They may seek situations where substance or activity is present or have episodes of binging or loss of control with little or no feelings of remorse afterwards. It is more difficult to determine if there is an addiction problem with common social behaviour such as smoking or drinking. Following the early stages of addiction, people are likely to start exhibiting major personality or behaviour changes, which may be infrequent initially. These changes can include a lack of interest or hobbies or activities that used to be important, neglecting relationships, missing work, risk-taking tendencies, especially to get drugs or to continue certain behaviours and ignoring the negative consequences of their actions. There may also be changes to their physical and mental health and signs of this include bloodshot or glazed eyes, constant illness, unexplained injuries, abrupt changes in weight, physical withdrawal symptoms such as sweating, trembling or vomiting, memory loss, change of speech or rambling, bad skin, nails, teeth and hair. You may also see sudden changes in mood, aggressive behaviour, depression, apathy, suicidal thoughts and irritability. In the last part of this training, we're going to look at how you and your team can play an important role in helping these people when they visit your pharmacy, starting with needle exchange schemes. People who inject drugs and share needles and other injecting equipment place themselves at a high risk from a wide range of viral and bacterial infections which can result in high levels of illness and even death. Sharing needles and syringes is a highly effective transmission mechanism for HIV, the hepatitis B virus and hepatitis C virus. You and your team can help people to reduce the extent of drug injecting related harm by promoting improved hygiene during intravenous drug use and increasing awareness of the importance of wound care and the need to seek proper medical assistance for more serious infections. You can also encourage the use of new needles and syringes, that is, not sharing used needles and paraphernalia and the safe disposal of used equipment. You should also be aware that steroid drug users are starting to use needle exchange schemes in community pharmacy and that they require longer needles. Some services also provide additional sterile injection equipment for users, including swabs, filters and water ampules.
The second service we will look at is supervised consumption. Medicines normally prescribed in the treatment of dependency include methadone and buprenorphine and other approved medicines used for the management of opiate dependency. Part of the role of your team should be to provide general support and advice to the patient if appropriate. Feedback from clients that have used this service includes the fact that their community pharmacy team may be the only people that they see regularly. It is therefore really important that you take the time to find out how your clients are and make them feel welcome. Small gestures like remembering their birthday or giving them a Christmas card mean more than you would ever know to them. You may be the first person to notice physical or mental health changes. Do you have the contact details of their key worker so you can feedback your concerns? Would you know where to signpost people to for a naloxone injection in the case of an overdose? Finally, ensure where possible you don't make them wait an excessive amount of time by having everything ready for when they come in. So what public health campaigns could you run in your pharmacy to support these patients and their families? Do you have the resources available to support them? Do you know where you can signpost them to? You could run a campaign focusing on their dental health or how to support them to stop smoking or to reduce their alcohol intake as by helping them with this you will be improving their overall health. Or could you do one on ensuring people take their prescribed medicines correctly and the dangers of not doing so or sharing them with friends and family? Do you have any information about any local support groups or any information on housing? Finally, there are some good resources around that you can use to signpost people to and some great websites which have leaflets for you to download. One of the best for this is Drugwise. We have now reached the end of this training and I hope you have more understanding about addiction and how you and your team can make a difference. If you want to view the online training, have access to both your certificate and the resources tab, please log on to www.virtualoutcomes.co.uk. We would also like to use this opportunity to ask you to encourage the rest of your colleagues to view the video.